0: See, so all crazy, I want to do now is man. just talk about yeah, shit I, like that. Yeah, Fuck yeah, the Formula too. 1. <laughs> That's a this we should, a should do that. On, they should do that on, on track. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know I mean? Get a couple of fucking militia cars in there and like, make it real. Oh, that would be unbelievable. They will make some <laughs> different decisions, I bet you. Yeah.
1: Ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of the Pit Stop Podcast. Today is uh, again another special episode because we're joined by a guest again. Five years in the Royal Marines, six years in the Special Boat Service, four books, he's been on TV and now he's on the Pit Stop Podcast. <laughs> Make some noise for Oli
0: Ollerton. Woo. Woo-hoo. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you, Jake. I've got to get mixed up here. Jake, Thank you, Fabio. Jake and Fabio. Yeah. And I'll get there in the end. It's the, uh, it's the elderly mind. <laughs> the Alzheimer's <laughs> is kicking in. That's what I feel like as well. <laughs> How are you, man? Really good. Really good. Pumped. Feeling Pumped. energetic. I'm actually really glad we're out of this dead zone we've been in for the past two years. So oh, you're telling me. For a front-facing <clears throat> business, we got hit hard. You know what I mean? So it's nice to actually be out there, again, engaging with people. You can't beat any connection like the face-to-face connection. You know, do, you can do as many Zoom calls, and it's just the same as podcasts, isn't it? You do a yeah, Zoom yeah. podcast, it's never the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a good substitute while it lasted. But I'm glad to be out of that and, and yeah, and, and getting our business climbing back up to where it should be.
1: Amazing. Well, we're here at Breakpoint. This is this is the Breakpoint HQ, correct?
0: That is it. Break In Shrewsbury?
1: In Shrewsbury, In yeah. In Shropshire.
0: A lot of people don't know where that is. So, oh, we didn't until that's we... That's a blessing no, we had until we mapped it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and this is a bonus episode for us because this is the first time we've done a Jake versus Fab challenge. So alongside with this podcast, there'll be a YouTube video of us.
0: Uh, yeah, you're just going to have to watch it because it's going to be pretty crazy. Uh, it's gonna oh, be, I'm actually really excited about know. that. Who do, know do you, you think will win? First thoughts. Who, who do I think will win? Yeah. You know what? This is always the hard thing. It's like the program SAS Who days yeah. Wins. Yeah you can never judge a book by the cover because you don't know what's going on between the ears (laughs) oh
2: i like it (laughs) there you go
0: before we jump into the um non-biased nothing
1: nothing to do with my amazing physique or anything (laughs) exactly yeah if that's
2: gone physique then it'd be a different story (laughs) before we jump into the um the cool stuff let's Mm. just whittle over the main subject we've been informed you're a
0: new formula one fan i am a new formula one fan yeah how long have you watched it Listen, I've, I've, I've watched it on and off yeah. all my life, but it's the first time because of my stepson William. It's the first time I've actually sat down and really got into it, and then had had like a personal commentator yeah. as well in my ear twenty four seven. That's telling me everything about anything from tires to engines to the drivers to you know all uh-huh. kinds of information that I usually wouldn't bother with. So, yeah, there's yeah, so but, much yeah. to learn. Yeah, there is. But I love. You know what? Everyone think I'm not a team player sports person. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, and also, looking back on my sort of life, I've always been more of an individual. You know, where people would think, oh, you have military, you know, you must be a, an amazing team player. And that's mm. one thing about the Special Forces is the fact that the Special Forces are a group of leaders. And they're a group of leaders that work together and adapt to being a team. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. the other way around. It's not like a, a team that has one leader. It's like you're a group of leaders. <laughs> so really, I do like the individual Team sports, you know what I mean. When it's one person who gets one person, one, you know, and a lot of the stuff I love about F one is because it's not just about the performance of the car. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that there's a lot more stuff that goes into it. The tactics, everything, the mindset, and that's the stuff I really love.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the reason that we wanted to get you in is because of I feel like any. We'll we'll get onto this later, but any time you have someone performing at peak, Mm. at their peak performance. It must be the same across like, like the mindset that you go into. must be the same across different sports, different jobs. Like,
0: do you Yeah, know 100%. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that's why I say I do a lot of talks as well. A lot of people think, oh, you're ex-special forces. You must come, you know, cut from a different cloth. And I can remember the first time someone said that to me and I was like, rubbish. That's, I bleed and breathe just like you. We're all the same. We make decisions based on emotion. And a lot of the stuff we do, you know, a lot of the stuff we did was obviously under extreme pressure. But it's still the same process. It's still the same mind as anyone else. Yeah. You know, some people have different severities, different exposure. But yeah, it's one hundred percent the same. Mm. So it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. We are all human. Well, most of us yeah. are human. <laughs> <laughs> so are you
2: at the point with Formula One where you watch it every weekend or just every now and again?
0: No, every now and again. So, do you know where we are
2: this weekend? Do you know? Do you have any idea?
0: I. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do know where we are. Fact checker in the corner. I, I can't pronounce it. Azerbaijan. Yeah, that's, that's, it. that's the one. I, <laughs> I knew it was somewhere I couldn't <laughs> I pronounce coming
2: out. I thought, "Help me out!" Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So
2: we are there. I don't. We are brand new as well. If yeah. you'd asked me that, I wouldn't have known yeah. unless I checked in the car. so
1: yeah. yeah we're, we're brand new fans. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be talking a load of shite today, probably. Yeah,
0: but, yeah but the thing is, at the end of the day, what's what's the problem in that? You know, no. is, you know, well, there's well, all that the ego thing. that steps into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. People, I know more than you. Yeah. Like, gives it, you know, I went to the F1, not F1, um, the because um, I love my motorbikes, as you probably can tell by all the motorbikes yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but. You know i went to the british super i know nothing about superbikes, but i love watching that motorbike go around the track and and the whole race that doesn't mean because i don't know because i don't know the history of everything and i don't know all the riders and i don't know it doesn't mean i don't enjoy it just like everyone else you know it's like that's
2: mm. it that's the gap that we've had to step into you know formula one as a whole is like a fortress mm. of a business right yeah. and they haven't really had people come yeah. from nowhere without being with a big brand yeah just go in and do all this stuff mm. and we've just launched this on our own yeah and it's done well it's just the beginning it's, it's only been a couple of months but we're taking on this empire really yeah. it yeah. really is like, yeah we, we keep... want to work with them and we want to get in but at the moment we're just doing everything on our own <laughs> we keep the using the,
1: the term that like we've managed to infiltrate the castle because i feel like yeah. it's always been a closed off sport really it, it hasn't really has, like? yeah. so, and we've kind of just wandered into it
0: yeah but it's, it's that it's that at every tier though isn't it f1 mm. is that at every tier yeah. even you know to get in as, as being a driver and everything is is very very yeah um, very clicky, very niche very clicky yeah you know what i mean you have to be in the club so to speak yeah yeah but i think so. that's changing now yeah well with, hopefully with stuff yeah. like
1: i mean have you watched so did you get into it through watching drive to survive on netflix
0: I got it. I did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, you know, that's what we were. We were forced to watch that at home by William. <laughs> <laughs> um, but good no, work, William. it was a, No, it's brilliant. I, I mean, I'd, when it comes to watching TV, I'm, I'm very much, I want to watch the real true life stories, you know, yeah, the documentaries. Yeah. As yeah. A, I, sometimes I watch other things that are sort of fiction based, but really for me, it's about the, the real life stuff, the documentaries that really. I, I completely I'm agree. I
2: was never into Formula One at all. I used to look at it and I was just so bored. Don't get me wrong, still sometimes in the middle of a race, I get so bored. I'm I'm honest. I'm not even a cars person, really. But once you can start learning about the life of these people Mm. and the journey and the training and how intense this is and all the business behind mm. it, the money, I get 10 times more fascinated. Yeah. And now I don't just see it as a race. I mm, see these, these, nice. these humans that yeah. pushing to that, you know, yeah. the very limit every week to get to where they want it. Well, peak performance. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. it, it is that for me and drive survive shown that. Yeah. So mm. it's been great for the sport. Yeah. I think it's been good.
1: Yeah. Mm. Talking about peak performance there. So let's, let's get onto that because I've always felt like when you see these guys and they're going wheel to wheel in these cars, I mean, they are so... Sometimes they show like slow-mo footage of the drivers like close up and you can see their eyes and you can just see that like laser focus Mm. in their eyes. And that was one of the main things that I wanted to ask you about.
0: Mm.
1: When you're in a firefight Mm. and you've got like bullets pinging over your head, I mean, you're in that same zone. Mm. And I hear a lot of people say that time like slows down in those moments and shit. But could you explain to me a bit Mm. more about when you are in that fully focused zone?
0: The thing is, it's... That moment is what I discuss a lot of that with uh, corporate clients, etc. The slowing down of, of the situation. Let me talk about what happens when you get into a very stressful situation. And this is what the F1 drivers must go through as well is the fact that you're breathing. And this is what F1 drivers and anyone at that peak performance has to control. It's your breathing. Because before you know it, you get into any stress situation, you're breathing. You don't even know you're doing it. It's like falling into cold water, but you, there's no water there. Mm. Your breathing becomes erratic. And what happens then is cortisol starts to increase. Our brain can only handle five to nine bits of information at any one time. When we're stressed, that goes down to one, maximum two. So the whole thing with F1 or anyone at that level, when you're in a firefight, you have to strip down. You have to triage the situation, lock out the outside world, all the stuff that doesn't matter. You have to bring it down to what we call one meter square. Okay, that one meter square is forget everything on the outside, bring it right in close to you and focus on your immediate environment you know, and really start to triage in that, in that moment, what really matters at this moment. Mm. When I was in a, one particular firefight and it was a life-changing situation, I won't go into that, but I analysed that time and time again, because for me, this was when I left the special forces. It was the first time in my life that I hadn't got my team around me, I hadn't got Air support. I hadn't got naval gunfire from a ship out at sea. And it was in that moment that I literally shit myself. So you, you were in a firefight after you'd left? Oh, yeah, yeah. And when I went, to, I went to Iraq as a contractor. So with Denny, who you met before, and you know, we spent a lot of time in Iraq and living in a war zone for six years, five, mm-hmm. six years. Um, and to be honest, that was more dangerous than being in the Special Forces. Wow. Because you didn't have that support element. Yeah. You know, and it, it was, uh, I can remember that moment. And the reason I say I shit myself is because i would not shit myself before. Can I swear on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You do what you want on <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd not shit myself before. And it was a strange emotion for me. And I couldn't work. I was like, what, what is this feeling? I was freezing. Yeah. I was actually freezing in the moment. I was like, and it wasn't until- What the, happened? What, what no, happened? Being, we we're being chased by two cars, two militia cars on the highway. We, I was the rear car we were protecting three cars in front. So you were there a on a protection
2: B. mission, basically. Yeah. yeah. And Protect- you were being shot at by other cars. Yeah,
0: two, two militia cars came up from behind with eight <gasps> gunmen in. This eight gunmen. And we were, there's two of us in the car. And, and that's the moment, where, you know, the, when we, the cars came screaming up from behind, we didn't think much of it. At that point, just thought they were trying to get past. Mm. And then light came into the car because the windows had all come down. And then AK-47s came out from every window and we realized we were in this shit. And I started to go into that flap. I was like, you know, exactly what I'm talking about, that breathing when you're breathing erratically and your your brain is getting yeah. so fogged and confused because it's flapping. It just wants to take the easy way out. But if you take the easy way out, you're going to push into further danger. You know, it's, it's the, you can't go that way. So really what happened for me in that moment was the fact that That was happening and I was thinking, holy shit, I was getting so bogged down with worrying about the people in front, 12 people we were looking after, so bogged down with the responsibility of that. Then I started to engage in fear, all the things that could go wrong, like all these, you know, intelligence reports about the cars being pulled over, people who, you know, executed and everything else. I started to think about fear and all the things that could go wrong. That's what we do as humans, right? If we let that fear start to embrace or take control of us we're never going to be in, it's, it's going to absolutely overwhelm us. It's going to put us in the worst place ever. Fear is a mental and emotional rehearsal for something you don't want to happen. You can't let it, let it control you. It's the same with any emotion. So in that moment, what happened is they then started shooting at us. Now that did the opposite thing to what you would think. And that snapped me out of that. Mm, psyched you up for it. Yeah, yeah. it was like, it clipped me back into my old world. And I was like, right, shit. I took a breath like it was the first time I breathed in the last minute. And that straight away lowered that cortisol, gave me that mindset of clarity and not confusion. And then I realized there was only one thing I had to worry about, and that was the people on the back bumper that were shooting at us. I didn't have to worry about the people in front. That sounds quite selfish, but in that moment, they didn't matter. Mm. I didn't have to worry about all the things that could go wrong. Again, mental and emotional rehearsal for something you don't want to happen. You can't let it control you. You can't say there's no fear. People that say, I haven't got any fear, they're either dead or they're dying soon. You, fear's there for a reason. Yeah. You can't let it control you, you know. And that in that moment that was when, you know, it snapped me out of that right, I've got to focus on them. I've whacked the car into the next lane over, let them come in, I boxed them in so they couldn't go anywhere. And at that point I gave the order to open fire at 130 Ks an hour on the highway. We had this mental gunfight with wow. the with the militia. That's but, insane. And we won. See all crazy, I want to do now is man. just talk about yeah, shit I, like that. Yeah, Fuck yeah, the Formula too. One. <laughs> That's the we're doing. This we should, should p- do that. On, they should do that on, on track. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Get a couple of fucking militia cars in there and like make it real. Oh, that would be. They would make some <laughs> different decisions. I bet you. Oh my word! <laughs> but honestly, the reason I think score. it's important to talk about that is because that is exactly what they have got to control on track. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't need to know who they are to know that they've got to actually go through that. They've got to control their breathing. They've got to make sure that, that cortisol is not, you know, you get into a flappy situation where they, you're touching tires and stuff like that. And you start flapping, your breathing becomes erratic. Next thing you, take, yeah. you make a decision or, and take an action that is just just your brain flapping, you're going to go the wrong way. You know, it's about in those moments, even when the intensity of the situation is flaring up. You can't go at the same speed. You've got to pull back. And taking that breathing or taking that breath and going into box breathing, they teach it in yoga. I don't do yoga, but I do know that box breathing. It controls that cortisol. It drops the cortisol and it allows you to stay at your own speed as opposed to being ragged around like a little rag doll. Yeah. You
1: know, so it's exactly the same. That makes sense. And also you said about like it not being a team sport, but again, if you're relying on people in the SAS you know your brothers have got your back if you need it these guys are racing against each other they're Mm. competing against each other but at the same time, they must have that relationship mm. where they know that mm. if they're wheel to wheel with someone, that person isn't just going to come and fucking yeah. wipe them out. Yeah. yeah,
2: they all have to have that level of trust. I so mean, they all, yeah. and their lives are in everyone else's yeah, hands. Yeah, it's that yet.
0: professional integrity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But saying, I mean, at the end of the day, it is very much a team sport because I mean, look at the pit stop, the pit crews. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is... that fascinates me. But we really wanted to get your yeah. opinion on that because yeah. these people are so
2: focused. Oh, it's unbelievable! In like, and, like is any on their slip shoulders.
0: of you know, any slip of that process. And everyone not knowing what they, you know, someone not knowing what they're doing in that moment can cost a second. I mean, a second's massive in that, yeah. You know, at, at that level, isn't it? You yeah, know definitely. I mean? So, so really, I mean, it is very much a team sport in that, but it relies on one person to be the front man, I suppose.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, no, those pit stops are are crazy. Mm. Again, just like razor focus and.
2: Well, we saw it for the first time in Barcelona, didn't we? That's when yeah. we could actually see the pits. And we just saw them. They ran out. They're so prepared.
1: Yeah, we got walked in to, like the, yeah. to see it and get done and that. that? Yeah. Oh, we up. have no idea. Yeah, we don't know.
2: We have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> don't ask. We have no idea how we've managed to wangle some of the stuff we have already. <laughs> it's, been, it's been pretty weird. Well, we
0: had, a, we had a mission today to actually get you to get, get us F1 tickets. So I don't think they're going to be able to do that well oh yeah silverstone <laughs> silverstone well we can we can ask everyone we, we know yeah, yeah do do yeah, I'm surprised we you ask everyone yeah come on. on i'm surprised you're not then we won't already. have to get we won't have to peel your your fingernails back with a set of pliers afterwards uh, that, <laughs> that was the plan <laughs> that's, that's the final nice. challenge is it? Oh, yeah we so don't know quite. what the
2: final challenge is so that, yeah, yeah the people well, listen to that was it like, but you
1: know what you've got to do now. Oh. So. <laughs>
2: have,
1: we, have we said about this challenge thing that we're doing
2: yeah i'm gonna yeah. do it so after this we're taking on Well, we're taking on Breakpoint. I guess that's, Mm. and we're going to be going up against. Well, I'm up against Fab. We've got three challenges. It'll all be on the YouTube. This is a bonus episode, but the video will be up with this. So go onto our YouTube, Pit Stop, Jake and Fab. Just go and watch that. You're going to enjoy it. It's going to be. I'm saying that now. going to. They'll enjoy
1: watching it. We. I don't know if we're going to be enjoying doing it. (laughs) We're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. We? Breakpoint.
0: The Breakpoint staff are going to enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're to, we love seeing you in pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It's going to be brutal. Um,
1: yeah. Another point I wanted to bring up was you guys use the slogan like cheerfulness in the face of adversity. Mm. Lewis Hamilton's going through a bit of a terrible time at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he still always seems to be like positive and yeah. carry that vibe throughout everything that he does, mm. which I think is really interesting because if I'm having a bad day, like I'm yeah. I'm, I'm like a, probably like a piece of shit when I come home from work, mm. aren't I?
2: Well, it's also significantly hard for him because he's got to deal with that also being one of the biggest sportsmen in the world. You're being judged. You, you're just a person. Maybe we just go normal people. He has a lot of, of influence. Mm. I just bit- don't
0: believe he would be who he was if he wasn't that of that mindset. So you can't expect someone just to be positive when things are going well. Of course you're positive. It's when you are in a shit situation you can be positive in that it's the only thing that's going to get you out because what people tend to do is you will then focus on how much you hate something if you focus on how much you hate about yourself how much you hate about the environment the situation the bigger that becomes You know what I mean? So it's really important in those moments that you don't do that and you have to focus and sometimes be unrealistic in your mind about what's happened and where you want to be. Like I was going through mental health issues and the only thing that got me through that at that point was not thinking I hate this, I hate myself, the more I did that the bigger that became and the only way I got through that is say right what do I want to look and feel like, what do I want you know and, and create that vision create that visualization of who that person looked like who that and what that felt like and that's the one thing that will pull you through that so yeah. you, you know it's so important being positive in a absolutely brilliant situation is you know what I mean it's, it, it's, it's easy to do yeah mm. but that's when it really matters it's having that it's having that um, mindset that regardless of what happens you're going to focus on the silver lining you know what I mean? And that is so, so important. I think every top, you know, top tier sports person um, and certainly anyone in the special forces is of that mindset. You know, it's, and, and also the fact that failure is a weapon. You've got to understand that, you know, in this, in this world where people are faking perfection. Yeah. You know, I actually call it egogram. Gotcha. As yeah I to agree to yeah. Everything online so you, in you know yeah. it's like everyone is faking perfection I agree, and it's creating this very false world because then everyone that aspires to be like someone else that's successful has got this perfect picture yeah. of, this picture of perfection but they've got to you know if kids or anyone really but kids especially kids because they're growing up into this if they could understand that failure is an absolute weapon I'm going to keep on failing for the rest of my life because I know yeah. my goals are big enough my books are all about failing You know what I mean? It's all about the failures. What did we learn? Three points. What went well? What didn't go well? What am I going to do differently if it happens again? You know what I mean? It's about having those debriefs and those Mm -hmm. points. But the people that then go, oh, this is shit. I'm not good enough. And I'm going to go back to where I was because that's safe. They're the people that just don't go on in life. And then later in life go, I can't believe how shit my life is. Yeah, Yeah, I wish I'd have done something else. Yeah, but it's it's just about those points. What did I learn? You know, and if you don't fail, you're not working hard enough. And that's the thing. What are you going to do? Tiptoe through life until you die. Mm.
1: yeah like unfortunately a lot of people are short term discomfort for long term gain i hear oh. people say
0: all the time oh. man. that's a great that that points bloody we're spreading we're changing the oh, world shit that's where i saw it yeah, yeah. on the breakpoint Short-term term discomfort long term gain done look
2: i <laughs> you <laughs> seen joking, it you've <laughs> seen it already have seen it everywhere <laughs> well, at least you
0: know it's going in. Uh, no. uh, it's you know what? I think I know who's going to win the challenge. Oh, who? <laughs> well, you. <laughs> <laughs> on, you'll be lucky. oh god. I'm so yeah, do yeah, yeah, but it. that is it. It's all about short. That's what Breakpoint is all about. Because people, you know. Actually, when we first started this business, people wanted us to change the name. They're like, look at the world you come from. Look at the name of the business. And it does. It creates a break point. From, uh, yeah. We're going to break. But it's not. It's mm. about a mental breakthrough. It's about those moments of opportunity when things are getting tough, where you keep pushing into that discomfort in line with the chosen goal. You know what I mean? It's just understanding that if you want any kind of a success in life... Any kind of, um, to change anything, whether that could be negative habits or doing something that's pretty much out there, you're going to go through a level of discomfort. And nothing was ever great unless at some point you doubted your ability to to do it. So it's really about pushing through that short-term discomfort, long-term gain. And again, the the, the way that people are wired, we're wired the opposite way to take short-term comfort. But that leads to long-term pain. That could be relationships. Uh, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, that can be all the, a, a manner of those th- things or a combination of. But we are wired to take short-term comfort. We are wired to take the path of least resistance and, and to conserve energy. That is our survival instinct. Once you start to understand that and realize it's not just you, and it's you know we we become very insular when we start to fail and when we start to have mental health issues, we feel lack of motivation and everything else. But it's just once you understand the way we're wired, it changes everything like I always say and this will relate because it relates to engines but
2: oh we know nothing about engines do I, well I, I do know a little bit I you probably know, know a more bit. about us than no, I hope
0: I do I hope I do and that's I'm not being um, disrespectful there oh, no, that's I hope right. after we, 51 we years I do know a bit more about it and mean, <laughs> with all the things I've got toys but really at the end of the day a mechanic can't fix a motorbike a car he can't get it running to the best of its ability unless he knows how the machine works it's the same with anything it's the same with the computer isn't it we're no different humans are no different once we understand how we work and why we do the things that we do we start to get an understanding it's like it's it's like exposing our weaknesses going back to that thing if we're always faking perfection and we're never prepared to expose our weaknesses it's like having a thief in your house that you've got locked in the inside and is thieving from for the Mm. rest of your life and you don't expose him yeah that's exactly the same thing you have to expose your weaknesses otherwise you just don't get anywhere you just creating this picture of perfection and your whole aim in life is to create a perception of happiness and all good and everything else for the audience, not for you. Yeah, you I become, think I yeah. L- like most people do that
1: these days. They do, they? they
0: do. It's like everyone, everyone's, we become the byproducts. Oh, God, what you mean? think about it if people go and this is true as well if
2: people go and land an amazing job or people go and do something cool the first thing they do is whack it on facebook the best photo you're not ringing someone or not meeting someone yeah but they don't put their failures that's what i mean yeah they don't put
1: any of the shit on instagram no that's what no. i mean
2: but it's it's so yeah. bad for relationships because yeah especially because you know girls or boys see stuff online that isn't real or Expect their relationship to yeah. be like that. And yeah. if you're following these celebrities and millions of pounds that are doing mm. these crazy holidays, you're like, yeah. oh, my boyfriend, can yeah, not do yeah, that for yeah. me. Yeah, it's comparison. It, it, it's, it's such a toxic world. And especially for like younger people, it's so important mm. that they're able to switch it out. Yeah. I mean, I'm mm. quite lucky. I've done social media for so long. I've watched the watched the change of how it's worked, mm. how everyone's done it. And I look at it and even I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. a lot of young people are, are growing into this now and they mm. haven't been there throughout the stage of when it wasn't like that.
0: Exactly. So that's the real world. But think the thing is, is, you've got it world. right there, Fabio. It's comparison. The worst thing you can do is comparison because a lot of people want to be that, and they're so far away from that, and they're not prepared when they start comparing to actually be honest with where they're at. But the thing is, if is you, is you don't know where
1: you're at, you don't know where you're going. You're always going to find people who are better and mm. better and better. Yeah. In any walk of life. So, like, if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, mm. then you're never going to be happy. <laughs> 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 I
0: saw I I I that going out call caught my <laughs> eye. So I was, was like, fucking A's hey, got a remote control. We <laughs> <laughs> usually have some uh, technical errors with
2: the podcast, so that's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, normally it's mic stands. Mic yeah, yeah, stands are always falling over. They're
0: the things that make the podcast, yeah. gives it character. Are we looking at that camera set back up? camera's ready to roll the uh, lens was fucking bored of my head
1: (laughs) (laughs) no I'm so glad we're talking about mental health because that's like the main thing that I've realised in Formula 1 at the Mm. minute is how much of a fucking mind game it is Mm, for these drivers I don't know if you're aware of like Daniel Ricciardo Mm. he's like having a bit of a rough time at McLaren at the minute he's not performing how he should be or how how people think he should be. And then um, his
2: team leader comes out and says, yeah, then Zach Brown comes out and we're not happy with his performance. So I imagine he's in that team and so
1: that like will be yeah, that by it's the one leader. guy yeah. who's meant to be looking out for you is now just like hammered you I know, on TV. You know,
0: that is that really supposed to help you in that moment? That's going to fucking absolutely destroy you. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? Because that's then it starts to self doubt and everything else. And once before, you know, it, you lack self-worth and before, you know, it, you're like not performing and you're so scared not to perform. To that, you know, you're so on yeah. edge that oh shit, I've got to perform. That that's the worst thing you can do. You actually, you're then operating out of fear, aren't you? Fear of performance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which you're never going to get the best of yourself. But yeah, I mean, I, I just can't believe how much it's changed from last year to this year. You know the difference in performance. Oh yeah, I mean, and the cars well, and well, the, the, cars. Cars. the cars, Like so, like, yeah. like Hamilton. I mean, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, he, oh, I didn't yeah. expect that. You know, I didn't expect. You know, I expected him to. Well, I, I expect him to be sort of in the front pack. But did you catch the end of last year then? Yeah, the, yeah. The whole... No, I was watching quite intensely last year. Yeah, when it really peed yeah. up in the last race. What was your, oh, what was your thoughts around it. that then? Well, well, I yeah, I just, on the last I, I, Yeah, well, Verstappen, I just love him, mate. Yeah, me so, too. Yeah. I love You're a Red Bull fan. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say I, mean, I just like Verstappen. I just like his mindset and everything. I like, I, I, and that's what... I think it's important you know i mean a lot of people change their team just due to the car well that looks like a good car i'll, I'll start following ferrari or whatever but i think it's the individual that you know if you like the individual and you know the his story and everything else and i just mm. i just like i love that i know there's a lot of uh controversy wasn't there about the mm. the that final race but i think it was, oh,
2: it was yeah it was great. Weird in the
0: lounge like that. <laughs> <laughs> screaming, screaming! Brilliant. It was brilliant. We'd only been watching it like two months, and we, we was going mental at the team. I think that we, we, we must have started at the same time. Yeah, that was exactly yeah. when that was when we started watching. Yeah. And I mean,
2: for, for, that's why I love the Stappen as well. Yeah, because I just I'm the same as you. Mm. I, I thought this guy's great. great he's yeah. Personality. He's yeah, he's ruthless. he gets yeah. stuck in. Yeah, mm. just a great driver. Well, yeah, the end of last season was quite interesting. A lot of people say it wasn't fair, but it's done now. We're into the new season. Yeah, Yeah. it is what it is. And yeah, like you said, massive change from last season to now. Yeah, yeah, Yeah,
0: it's quite bizarre, isn't it? Do you think
1: it's going to be a trend that carries on? Do you think he's got the minerals to, like, year after year keep putting in that? I
0: don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, you can be the best, you know, you can be the best physiologically if that makes any sense but you know it's the tools isn't it Mm. you know if you've got a better better car than someone else and the technology and everything you know it depends on the the tools that you've got at hand, doesn't it? You know, if your car's not performing, it's, there's so many factors about that. You know, it's not just, it's not like someone being a runner, you know, the only things they've got to worry about is muscle cramps really. And you know what I mean? A pair of trainers that aren't as good as the last pair, but so many factors in something like F1, where you've got like a, such a high tech piece of equipment, which can really change everything. Have you
1: seen the training that they do? Yeah. Like with the, with the neck weights. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's pretty brutal they should come on breakpoint we should get them here I think it would be too you know we, what all well, the sports, set, all the sports teams are s- too scared amazing idea they're we too scared
2: bring an F1 or even an F2 driver. let's set it up to breakpoint yeah. that's amazing that's we, have a, we have a fu- uh, yeah we have a few yeah, they, and we'll just commentate for yeah, but, whilst you yeah. go in on him and do it me and Fab and we stood at the back with the mics <laughs> 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 that would be genius
0: but, I'd love that. But the thing is, with Breakpoint, I mean, Breakpoint really, I mean, we're going to do something very different with you guys to what Breakpoint does. And we, you know, we used to do a lot of events, public events. We do one event now, which there's no pictures in here. Denied. Yeah, denied, which is for the public, but it's for really top tier athletes. 36 hours of absolute hell. It's horrible. Cool. Like, friends asked me, oh, I'd like to do Denied, and I'm like, don't do it because we won't be friends anymore. You know, wow. it's, it is horrible, but the, the the development afterwards in that short period of time is unbelievable. Fifty percent pass thereabouts, uh, but the people that pass, even the people that don't pass, you know, they've they such breakthroughs, major breakthroughs, really, yeah, major breakthroughs. But the thing is, when we do corporate stuff, it's all about mindset. We we go and tap into. um uh character assessments based on neuroscience and everything we don't you know so that's when it comes to i'm just saying this because if any sports team is watching now any f1 we don't beast people we it's all about the mindset so the the corporate stuff and the more professional stuff we do it's not about the physical it's about the mind because that's where it all starts so i was thinking that today it's like a lot of questions people ask is like oh is it the mind or the body and i'm like oh, there's no difference that they're, they're, they're not separate you know what yeah. I mean? They work. People seem to separate the mind yeah, and the true. body. Yeah, I can't do that without thinking yeah, first. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? I can't do anything without thinking first. It's all got to work together. There's no separation. You know. So once we start to understand that, yeah, it helps us. All well. right. Well, any F1 drivers? That's out there. a bit of a tip for you to do this afternoon.
2: Yeah, let's put the shout out there to anyone, anyone yeah. listening. But I meant
0: for your challenge. Oh, yeah, all right. You know, it's all about mind and the body. Okay, all right. right. We'll remember that. No, yeah. Noted. Oh, I've taken it <laughs> yeah. loads. I'm it's, ready for it's, this. It's a four 360 approach
1: <laughs> challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. I don't feel any more uh, confident than I did.
0: This <laughs> See, Fabio's the realist. Yeah. <laughs> You're the optimist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm still going to win. But um, yeah, any F1 drivers out there who want to take on the breakpoint challenge, hit us up, hit Ollie up. We'll set it up. It'll be amazing.
2: Yeah, we'll do it. One question I really wanted to ask you, mm. which come up with in the car, I was thinking about it and I was like, when you were out, out doing what you were doing with SBS or, mm. and all these special forces missions and it's so intense and the adrenaline from it, I guess, is like so much going on at once. Yeah. How do you now get the same adrenaline rush now? Is there something you do now that brings you the same feeling or
0: do you yeah, not reach well, that level what, of- it's, it's interesting because until I was, I never felt settled in the special forces i didn't feel settled until my life went spiraling out of control i hit rock bottom at 43 years old and and then i was you know i I had mental health issues and everything else and it was it was at that moment that my life changed but prior to that moment i i wasn't happy in the special forces i wasn't happy in the royal marines i wasn't happy with any job I would chosen, I just didn't find my purpose or anything it's like mm.
1: really even when you were that high up yeah no I didn't you know this
0: has been a dream since I was 14 years old I was like I'm you know at, at school and I went right I'm joining the Royal Marines and just, I lost all I was good at school and then all of a sudden it went gone um, and because I was just focused on on the Royal Marines but then I got to the Royal Marines you know I think I'd hyped it up so much in yeah. my head that the reality of it, when I got to it, was so far removed from what I thought it was, and that then pushed me. Well, it must be in the special forces, so I went and did that, and I got there and went. Well, I just didn't feel connected to it. Yeah. But so yeah, and that's that's why I left. And then I started bouncing around war zones as a contractor, thinking. When you say contractor, mercenary. Yeah, mercenary is a bit of an extreme term, really, because we were we were working for major infrastructure projects in Iraq. Um, so we basically had a, an army of two thousand Iraqis that worked for us. We trained them in bodyguard skills and everything else. Okay. But basically, they call you a mercenary because you you'll fight for anyone for a paycheck. Okay, but we weren't really doing that as such. You know, we were we were putting a lot of money into the um, Iraqi communities. You know, money-wise, giving them jobs and everything else, and oh, it was great. very pro-Iraqi. So it was, it was an awesome thing to do. But again, you know, I went there. I was drawn there for the cash. I earned more, more cash there in two months than I earned in the whole year in the Special Forces. Really? Yeah. See, this is actually. Yeah, I
1: don't know whether we'll go into it, but that's what we were like saying in the car. Was like, would you get paid to be in the SAS? Yeah, we had well, no idea. Because you're, I mean, you're like risking your life. I mean, surely I know, there's like yeah, no, what, surely there's no price.
2: Yeah, on that. without saying how much you get paid, but do you get paid for the like risk you put in? What like? Like you, I'd expect you got paid. Hundreds hundreds of of sh- for doing I got shot shit. out
0: five times today. Are you put in for a bonus. Or yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like sure, I nearly died. All right, extra hundred quid. That's what we were thinking. Well, though, I though, actually thought that'd
1: be right. <laughs> or like per task. Yeah, what commission?
0: No. Yeah, the fact of the matter is you don't, get, you don't get paid much in the military. You know, my wages weren't, weren't quite...
2: To risk your life, though. Yeah, but going, right going to Iraq, I
0: mean, Jesus Christ, there's a contractor. An ex-Special Forces contractor, and this was back in 2003, you know, like 13000 a month tax-free which was even decent. That's decent money. That's right. Yeah. That's really you know great. What I mean, back in 2003, that was absolutely, yeah. you know what I mean? It was like coming out of the military. So that was the draw card to go over there and do that stuff. But again, I didn't feel connected. We're getting back to your question. Um, I didn't feel connected. So, um, and it was only when I came out of there, I went, um, I got away from Iraq because my mental health was going, started getting really bad. And um, I needed to be out away from a war zone. And then I went to, uh, I said, I was never going to go back doing anything that would put me in danger but then i stumbled over something that was incredible and that was rescuing kids from child prostitution slavery in southeast asia and wow. that was the turning point and the reason i say that is because i didn't go there with any intention of finding anything i wasn't being paid for it but it was the most amazing thing i've ever done and wow. the reason for that is the power of helping other people is quite incredible and again, in this day and age, people are losing that. You know, people want more followers on Instagram and blah, 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 blah. You know, people are prepared to walk over each other to get a VIFA position. And we're losing the power of helping helping other people. Yeah. And once you do that, the return on investment, I wasn't being paid for that. I paid to go there and do it. Uh, I had a four-man team. And that was the best return on investment I've ever had. And that that would then become the, would underpin um, and be the DNA and heartbeat of what Breakpoint does, and that is we create. We're, our mission is to create a globally identified brand recognized for the positive growth and development of others. It's Can I ask what it was like in that
2: others. four-man team? What did you do? What was a mission like that like for them? Well, hour? basically, we
0: there was satellite camps where the kids were held on the the, the Thai border. So basically, they they're being held there, and then the cartels would come up and basically run like it's like a recruitment process. Kids will go to the fishing villages. They didn't come back from the fishing villages. Um, they went into brothels. They went to sweatshops. So it's almost like a recruitment wow. thing. So we had to go in there with the cartels, between the cartels getting there and, and, and get in there, get the kids out and then get them to an orphanage, um, which we work with in, in Southeast Asia. So it was just incredible the, the work wow. we were doing So to, to, to get those kids. But then there's a massive... Um, International incident. We had to escape out of Thailand across the Burmese border and then, uh, or the Thai border, and then finally, I we managed to get back to Australia where I was living at the time. And that's when my life fell apart. You know, because I'd actually found something that was so amazing for the first time. I was like, this beat the special forces. It beat anything I'd ever done in my life. Mm. I said, this, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. And then all of a sudden, it crashed and burned. And that for me, it was. Was it wasn't a good place to be mm. drinking drugs whatever I was on this path yeah. of self destruction and that point, I, I, you know, it got to a point where I started to think about suicide and stuff like that. And the little voice in my head said it doesn't end like this. Mm. And at that point, I was like, right, that's when I had to cast my mind to where I wanted to be and not get focused on where I was at that moment in time. Otherwise, I would become a victim of my circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it's about casting my mind. What does this new me look like? What does it feel like? And it was that journey in my mind that got. The physical body to go there and get me out of there mm. you know and that's shortly after that or a couple of years a few years after that i end up back here before sas who wins you know with what with this one dream about starting breakpoint i had no money had no nothing i was locked in a house i put myself into self-isolation for three months and that is when i really start to change the blueprint of who i was you know start to get rid of the negative habits the drinking the drugs and everything else and i made the foundation of, of who i am today absolutely rock solid you know because I have wanted to start a company helping other people can you imagine what my mind is saying when I'm in that broken state going you want to help other people look at the state you can't even help yourself you're you're a loser all this you know all that negative language we have and you have to push that aside you have to be unrealistic with what you want and still follow it and it's about switching off that negative voice and just pushing through and that's and then all of a sudden after that you know we got the opportunity for the TV which was incredible that you was know, S-A-S, Who S-A-S, S.A.S. Who There's Wins Who Dares Wins and really for me I didn't I, I still I hate the word celebrity It, you know it doesn't mean anything to me um, was celebrity
1: was, the first one or was it the, the the normal one no right I first? mean
0: as in me being a celebrity oh okay I hate that I, I don't I wouldn't say I hate it I just I'm not I don't like being I unfortunately I fit into that realm that people say I was a celebrity but of course, really yeah. for me you know I'm my focus is breakpoint and the tv stuff is a sideshow that i'm very humbled and very glad to be a part of because it's lifted our business up and and Mm. given me a voice you know that's why i've got four books and everything else and i've got a lot i owe to that but my focus is very much breakpoint
1: yeah well that's why i'm glad you're on it because i think there's a lot of people out here who need to hear Mm. the words that you've just said yeah so coming from your mouth i think people people who are listening and who need to hear that will maybe take action now they've heard it Yeah.
0: Well, the thing is, everyone is capable of changing their lives. I don't care where they are, what, you know, how bad it is. We're all capable of making that change. Mm. And it starts here. You know, and I speak from experience there. So, you know, everyone can do, can do that. And I think a lot, human nature, again, makes us feel that, oh, this is my life. This is who I am. This is my DNA. Absolute bullshit. All this messaging that we've been taught as kids and that oh a leopard never changes its spots and everything. You can change, you can be who you want to be. It just takes a bit of focus and, and mental positive direction. Great. Cool. I feel like I fucking needed that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel pumped yeah. now.
2: Yeah, that's pumped me right up. Get me. I need to get. I need to get you pumped for what's coming. Yeah, that was.
1: I'm going it, in for the selection process oh, this year. Yeah, it.
2: Fab is desperate to join the SAS. I keep telling him it's not really? happening.
1: Well, I've been talking about it maybe because I just watched a load of videos online. But I was like, I he fucking, sits and watches do that. all
2: the time. Tells me he's going to join.
0: Tells me he's. I'm gonna like sign Jake,
1: to, I was like Jake. The sack Pits the Puff. Let's sign up to the SAS. <laughs> join the SAS. Regimented. So yeah
0: well all you have to do is fill in the application do a little quiz and, and, you've- <laughs> <laughs> and you're away eh? <laughs> oh, man. it's a long journey that's the point you know what I mean it's, you've got to have military experience before so So call of duty doesn't count then a call of duty doesn't no nah, not really no
2: bit of instinct maybe from it yeah yeah, yeah
0: exactly reaction time Okay. fairly slow
2: <laughs> accuracy it might help if you were good to Call a <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe uh,
1: it's probably just not, not worth me signing up
2: no yeah, probably not. I wouldn't even bother <laughs> yeah I'd don't sack either. it <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. one final thing before we end the podcast I just wanted yeah. to say we don't have to go into the whole story because you've probably spoke about a thousand times your chimp story's mad mm.
0: that is you know what I love mad. that story I do love the chimp story um, because it well, is something that I only dealt with a couple of years ago and um, it what changed mean, my, my life? life. I went to Costa Rica and did an ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, so uh, that's where it like, brings and, it back. And yeah. that's
1: how you, you dealt with it? Mm. Really? And up until that point it had always fucked you up or in the head? It's not
0: because it's, when it comes to trauma that leads to like mental health issues. It's like a, that's like a silent assassin that, you know, Do you want I, to just
2: very quickly give the people a quick 30 seconds yeah, yeah, of that yeah, story yeah, well, so they can understand so what basically happened to
0: us? 10 years old and I was at the circus. I ended up being, so they were just setting up. I was somewhere where I shouldn't have been being an annoying, inquisitive little 10 year old. And then, you know, before I knew it, I was like, um, there's this little baby chimp. I was there like, Oh, amazing baby yeah. chimp. And, As you was, and He was feeding yeah. me and everything. I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, <that's> amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It was passing me this food. It was, it was just like the, the moment was, was just incredible. Timeless. It was timeless. I was on my own It was this open expanse it was closed in around the back of the circus and then all of a sudden there was like a noise and it was like a fighter jet screaming through the sky this moment of serenity was cut by this roar that i'll never forget to this day and i could just see something moving in the shadows behind and that was mummy or daddy who wasn't who wasn't happy clearly and then it started heading to me at mac 10 Going absolutely mental. It was about fifty kilograms. I didn't get a chance to fucking weigh it, but it was big. <laughs> yeah, a
2: lot bigger I mean, than you. Bigger than me.
0: And the thing pounced about twenty foot through the air. Yeah, they and can I'm, jump. Yeah, and and like landed on my chest, pinned me to the floor. I so just, it's
2: literally you're on the floor and mm, it's on top of you. On top like, of my, Yeah,
0: on my chest. I'm ten years old. Yeah, and it's it's beating the shit out of me. Yeah, and it's just like a dr- a drummer in a rock band with its fist coming down to my chest and not. And then it started biting me. Yeah. Blood starts flying everywhere. There's bits being ripped off me, and um, and it was that moment that my life start, My life flashed in front of me. It didn't take long because I was fucking ten. It was, like, <laughs> 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 but in that moment, But in that moment, I had to do something. You know yeah. what I mean? It was instinctive at that point, and I I took the fight to the chimp at ten, and that's really that. You know, and basically what happened I got managed to get my knee up to my chest. I smashed out as hard as possible into the chimp, yeah, knocked it to the floor, and that gave me a few seconds just to get out of there. Hell. I was racing across on my back, trying to get away as I'm looking up. this thing's getting to its feet, and it's like angrier than ever, yeah, you know what I mean it's like so angry now it's like coming at me, final attack, and it just pelted at me, and then it got to about there, and the chain caught it down the neck. And if it wow. wasn't off the chain, I wouldn't be telling the story. Um, but that, for me, is breakpoint. And oh, that was that, my yeah. first breakpoint. And the reason I say that, and I always use that story, especially in my corporate stuff, is the fact that that is short-term discomfort, long-term gain. Short-term discomfort, 10 years old, fighting a chimp, long-term gain, the fact I'm telling the story. And also the fact no matter how bad your situation is, you always have choices.
2: I think it says a lot about you as a person, though, because mm. if I think
0: me as a 10-year-old,
2: like, I'd, I can't imagine myself... Well, I can't yeah. imagine myself I think, having a I chimp attack. I think you attacking. would be surprised, though. I think you're, Do you I reckon think... everyone has it in them somewhere yeah. to be able to... You know, what I did mention about, about these challenges. yeah. Oh, well, we're about to find out. Oh, <laughs> it's a fucking giant chip next <laughs> Oh, thing. my God, imagine that. This oh, be a that'd one be brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> or a guy, just a guy in a monkey suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So anyway, the ayahuasca.
0: What were we saying? Yeah, I know. I've heard of the story. yeah. yeah. It's so fucking the, amazing. The, no, where were we going before? You said tell yeah, everyone yeah, about yeah, the, yeah. I can't remember where we were going with it. Yeah, it's
2: the thing that brings it back or whatever it was.
0: Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. The fact of the matter, when you go through something like traumatic event, when you have, you know, and everyone, got, everyone, if they haven't yet, you will do at some point, go through a traumatic event. But childhood trauma is probably one of the worst because mm. you're like a sponge. Yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So really, for me, at 10 years old, being, being attacked by that chimp, you know, one thing that you do, is, is, again, it's like a self-preservation mechanism is to be able to lock away the intimate trauma. And that helps you get through the short term. We lock it away, push it to one side, but you can't leave it locked to one side. It's got to be dealt with at some stage. And I didn't deal with it. So that then started seeping out all the way through my life. You know what I mean? When I look back, you know, hindsight never won any wars, but it's good for, re- for reflection. It made me realize how significant that chimp attack was and how much it reflected yeah. in so many aspects of my life. Some positive, because someone asked a great question. And that's, do you think if you hadn't been attacked by the chimp that you would have got through special forces selection? Mm. I never, I don't know the answer to that, so but true, you know what it? I mean. It's like it did give me that like I was just absolutely had this raging war with inside inside of me um, that helped me in some situations, but you know, in sort of yeah. a more normal environment, wasn't that great. You know what I mean? It's it, it, I had a lack of consequence. I I, I just wanted to chase danger everywhere. You know because
2: it, it's one of them situations you experience so young it is a situation you look at and you're like well a 10 year old loses that really yeah. a fully grown chimp you look at that and you're like well that, that's death really mm. yeah. so the fact yeah. that you've gone through that so young and like yeah. got out of it and yeah mm. you've lost a bit of your arms and you yeah, yeah, like right. it was and that it was reaction, like really yeah. traumatic oh, or whatever yeah. but you did it so young that you've probably lived all the way till now with yeah with that feeling of it's happened to me, so most yeah. people will never fear that. A no, lot no, of people exactly. will probably never get yeah. at a moment like that in their no,
0: life. No, 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 exactly. And it, I hope they don't, but, you and know. then you
2: went to this place, didn't you, that brings yeah, it no, back? Yeah, no, I went to,
0: what, to uh, the thing is, that going back to the trauma thing, though, I think it's important to say that a lot of people fight to be who they were before the traumatic event. You're not that person anymore. Yeah. And it's so important you surrender to that and stop fighting for someone you no longer are. You're just not that person. The, the trauma has changed you yeah so you are no longer the more you fight to be who you were the more frustrating and the more you're just not going to get anywhere you know it's just going to be a really hard road for you so it's about accepting the fact that that's changed you and accept the new and that when you relate that to the real world at the moment same with lockdowns and you know people that are fighting to the life we had before you know what I mean the people that have done that have probably lost their businesses and everything yeah. else. You know, you can it's it's no longer that way. You yeah. Know, there's it's a gone. lot of, a lot of things have changed. Uh, but anyway, moving on. But ayahuasca really took me back it took me back to that 10 year old experience. And it was a crazy experience. I actually became the chimp. So does so it you're, really you're, work? You're actually there. Like 100%. You're, you're such a level-headed guy. Yeah. I'm looking at you and I'm like, if yeah.
2: you're telling me it works, then it works. I'm thinking 100%. You know, i 100% it. I went said, with a load of veterans.
1: You yeah. said you surrendered and you actually let yourself die in it. And, yeah. then, and you, you became...
0: Spirit. A fucking spirit.
1: Like, yeah. How does that even feel? What does it look like? What is it...
0: Amazing. I didn't want to come back. I've heard that before I've heard that yeah. that before. I didn't want to come stories. back. It was just like this, it was just like this world... Where you're no longer a person. It was just I was in this spirit world, and it was just noises and sounds and colors and everything. It was just like unbelievable. And it felt just amazing. It was just brilliant. <laughs> That's uh, madness, so, isn't it? and so, I didn't want to come back. I was like, "This is wow. me. I'm not going back." And then the voice again, my head said, "It was like oh, people need you." And then I came back into my physical body, and uh, and and yeah, it was just Shit. it was just amazing, but. For me it was like I was fighting against dealing with the chimp even when I was under like taking the the medicine which is it's a psychedelic um centuries old um plant was like medicine a like it's, a, a plants yeah. it's two it's a mixture of two plants mm. together that they make into a tea which is then highly hallucinogenic so it takes you to a clearly different world and um you know for me I it was so important for me because I went back and all that time you know subconsciously or consciously I we, we're we great at being victims as humans you know you give someone a chance of being a victim they're all like oh poor me you know what I mean and that, that was kind of like me all that through that was all, oh poor me I've got attacked by, by the chimp and everything else but I actually went back into that experience and it was like I was actually there. It wasn't like just a little dream. So, you you like, know. do you
2: like see it? I Fuck, felt man. it. I you can actually see it. Feel it. I
0: felt it. I was, I was feeling it. I was, I was looking out my eyes as a 10 year old. Oh. But did you know that
1: you're, you're in this dreamlike state in the dreamlike state?
0: So well, you can't. It? It's so real. You're so lost in that world that you don't think, oh, I'm dreaming. You know, you're, not, you're not separate. You're not aware. You're this... not aware. You're just in it. And how long does it last in the dream? For, well, it depends. Uh, different parts of it but you know you're under with you at the height of it you know for an hour a good hour of intensity you know four or five hours we were we were you know under the medicine but four or five hours yeah you're into you all the way through the night so you start about half past seven in the evening in the jungle in this Maloka, um and you're in the under the trance on the journey for a good four or five hours. I was thinking it was like 20 minutes or something. I I want to go and do that. But basically I came out, out? I I was talking about the victim and I was the boy and then all of a sudden I heard that roar that I heard when I was, um, you know, when I was a kid. Hmm. I recognised. And then I was thought, oh my God, the chimp's coming to us. So, So that intimate trauma I talked about locking away was about to be unlocked and I was so scared of that. And then all of a sudden it flipped and I then went into the chimp. Oh, wow. And I was then looking at me over my little baby chimp, you know, and it was it was crazy because I could feel all the hair on my body. I'd just been laying on the ground because it was a hot summer's day. I could feel the leaves dropping off my back it was that intense that's and afterwards when we had think. the debrief I was actually there like a monkey in the maloca my fists were on the floor <laughs> and I was screeching like a chimp wow yeah, it was that, that real that's mad and then I had this computer sort of readout like Terminator at me which was going threat 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 and I was just about, I was about to go and attack me, but that was the first thing. I didn't go and attack me, but that then taught me so much compassion for the chimp. It took me out of being the victim and made me a part of the whole thing as opposed to the yeah the most focal point of it. I stepped into the chimps arena that day. It didn't come looking for yeah. me and it was doing what any mother would do yeah. and protect its young. And that changed everything for me, the compassion and everything I had for that chimp then. And that changed everything. So, I have a question for yeah. you then. How would you suggest, before we wrap this
1: up, how would you suggest people deal with their trauma in the past without taking a psychedelic, hallucinogenic drug? <laughs> yeah, at Costa the end of the day, Rica? you
0: know, there's different ways. A lot of people won't want to do what I've done. That's quite extreme. But I, I do believe if you get the opportunity to do it properly. I can see why you did it, because you were so young. So yeah. the memory would have probably been a well, bit faded Well, I didn't favoured. know it was going to happen. I didn't know I was going to go back there. I didn't believe I was going to go back there. My life is great now. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. oh, life's great. Mm. I didn't know what I really wanted from it. But ayahuasca goes to where it's needed, not where you want. Okay, well, wow. you know what I mean. So oh, it for just me, finds its own way. It finds it. You, you can go in there and so say, "I want it because I want to be a better lover." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that might be the case with you lads. I don't know. <laughs> Bab I mean, could do it. I don't yeah, know why I came that. up with that. <laughs> but. It's not going to go to where you want it to go. It's going to go to exactly where it's needed. So for me, that, where it was needed, it was, I didn't really think. I was like, I didn't think it, I would go back to the chimp. I thought that was resolved. I, thought it was, yeah. I mm. thought it was finished, but it clearly was not resolved. You know what I mean? There was a lot of stuff in my life that was happening around that time, which was saying, was taking me back to the chimp event. It was some bizarre stuff. If you read Breakpoint, was a crazy story about that chimp story goes on for 30 years. You know how it you know into Iraq and everything is it's mental <clears throat> well wow. but um but yeah, um, but dealing with that, and then the second night was when I did the uh the ayahuasca and I actually got attacked by the chimp, I went through that intimate trauma it was, yep. it was horrible in that moment, and that's when I died and because I said to myself, what would have happened in that moment if I'd have stopped fighting? You know what I mean it was like it was almost like freeze frame what what would have happened if I'd not t- taken the fight to the chimp? yeah like would someone and then everything became peaceful I laid down I can remember laying down and I opened my eyes and I saw my wife her face was there laying next to me and I looked at her beautiful blue eyes and said don't worry just come with me and we both went into the spirit world it's like a fucking Disney movie it It, it was incredible it was incredible and that's why I didn't want to come back it was just like this is brilliant I love it it's just great it felt the feeling was amazing wow nuts that is nuts can't believe that (laughs) <laughs> story time I want to go the out Hilton. there yeah, yeah. yeah you, I've should, enjoyed you should that. do it it's, it's, it's an amazing experience I wonder where experience. it would go
2: yeah. I have no idea what I'd see though i am yeah. worried about what could possibly happen
1: you'd probably be yeah you'd be surprised yeah at what comes up. Be, it
0: might be something I've completely blanked out mm. Mm. well that's what we do you know you blank out that intimate trauma of different events different things in your life but like I say it goes to where it's needed not where you want wow well there you go Pit Stop fans
2: well there we go that's the end of that episode on the podcast but now you get the fun bit those of you listening, YouTube, Pitstop, Stop, Jake and Fab, come and watch our little uh, challenge. Head over. I'm really excited now, but... It's funny because <laughs> <My energy laughs> is about to we haven't done it yet, so we don't even yeah, know what's going to happen. ready.
0: Oh, I'm loving the scared. smiles.
2: <laughs> the smiles will be wiped in <laughs> about 10 minutes. Yeah, Ollie, thank you very much for joining us. Ollie, thank you, thank mate. You. It's, it's been, been great. Pleasure.
0: It's been I'm, great talking to you.
2: I'm sure that people will love your insights, stories, yeah. and hopefully we can come back with a Formula One driver or f F2 yeah, driver. Yeah, well, if
0: you needed to, like do a, Like a kidnap or anything like that, <laughs> yeah. We can arrange that. We've got vans, horses. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, no worries, Perfect. we'll be in touch.
1: <laughs> Ollie, man, thanks so cheers, much, gents. mate. Thanks, thank you, cheers, very much. thank you.
0: Class, bye, class, Done. class, lovely.
1: Followed by Spirit Studios.